So you've got rental properties. Should you self-manage or should you hire a property manager? On today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. This is episode number 55, the big five five. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. Ryan, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> Doing well. I love our, our pregame chats. We always have, <laughs> before we get started, before we start recording, right? We always uh, are all together uh, coordinating and talking before we hit the uh, you know record button. And uh, those chats are very enjoyable. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, uh, I think I told Ryan that I should do this episode like Christopher Walken. Hey, I'm, I'm down for it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could keep it up for a full episode. Well, we're, we're excited to be back with you today and uh, looking forward to today's topic. Before we dive into the topic, we got to uh, remind you guys about our birthday month, right? We are in our birthday month still. Yes. And so happy birthday to us. Which means free merch for you. So once again, to uh, get entered in the raffle for some free merch, all you got to do is make a posting on the social media platform of your choice, just saying, hey, why you enjoy the, the podcast and and uh, what benefit it's brought for you in business and life. So just kind of uh, a little posting on that and make sure that you tag us, either the tag the show itself or tag one of us personally. So that'd be at, at Champion Hustle or at Ryan Black REI or at Levi Hunsaker REI. Simply tag one of those so we can make sure that we see you. And uh, for every every posting that you make, uh, you know, you can do it on several different social channels or multiple on the same. It's up to you. That will be one entry into the raffle. And then uh, for every five people that you tag in the comments, let's say you got five buddies who are also entrepreneurs. You say, hey, these guys need to see this. Simply tag their names in the comments. Every uh, five people you do, that's another entry. So we've got some cool merch that we'll be sending your way. Um F at the uh, the raffle at the end of the month. So once again, happy birthday to us. You know what, Levi? We should actually like get a birthday cake and like eat birthday cake <laughs> when we reveal the winner. I think that would be that would be appropriate. Uh, yeah, I, I think that could be appropriate and also disturbing. <laughs> so let's do it. <laughs> Just gobble, or we, or we bring our kids on the show, and here, guys, free cake. Then they would go crazy. Yeah, we, they have them bouncing off the walls. I like it. Ship it. Yes. So, uh, so property management. You know, this is an interesting, an interesting uh, debate. I guess it. I guess you could say because I mean, there's there's definite pros and cons between self-managing a property. And when we're talking about property management today, we're really focusing primarily on traditional long-term uh, manage, rental management. Short-term, if you're talking you know, short-term rentals, there are different intricacies involved with that. So we're going to just kind of focus on the traditional long-term rentals. Yeah, but I mean, we, we could have this same discussion in a short-term rental management space. Yes. Possibly another episode, yeah. So, you know, as we're looking at this, everybody looks at rentals as the the passive income dream, right? Yeah. You just you just collect mailbox money and just have this passive income and you don't have to do anything. You can go on vacation forever and it just pays your bills and pays your lifestyle. 
And uh, we're going to burst your bubble a little bit today because (laughs) we're going to say that's a load of crap. 100% passive income is a myth. What do I mean by that, Ryan? Uh, It's like the tooth fairy. It doesn't exist. It's not. dude. (laughs) The tooth fairy is real. Okay. Uh, let's have a talk about that offline, Levi, after the <laughs> podcast. I need to talk. We need to have a discussion about a few things. We, you know, it, it, yeah, simply there's always going to be some level of something involved, some level of, of work or interaction. You can't go completely off the grid. And that's for, for all different types of passive investing. And we do a lot of, and you do too, we do a lot of passive investing um, in real estate. And it doesn't matter what the strategy is, there's going to be some involvement, something that you have to do. And so it's just, it's just a matter of how involved do you want to be um, in that passive investment. And you know, as you can imagine, there are pros and cons to both, to both things, to self-managing or to uh, you know, hiring a property manager. Yeah. So we want to break that down for you. Yep. And, and we just want to get rid of that myth because... Uh, anything takes work, time, and effort. It just doesn't have to be yours, but you still need to spend some time managing the people that are managing things for you. Because if you just set it and forget it, uh, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. 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 You've got, you've got to be on top of it and at least checking in regularly so that you can ensure that things are running how they should be. Right. Yeah. So we, we recommend, regardless of which way you choose, and, and we realize that everybody has different goals and everybody has different needs, and yeah. maybe you enjoy managing your rental properties. We're not going to tell you that one way or the other is better. We're going to tell you what we do here coming up at the end of the episode, um, and maybe you'll figure it out before then. But really, we would just want to lay out what's involved, and there's there's actually some some really good benefits and some negatives to both. Yeah. Um, but what we recommend is regardless of what you choose to do, when you run the numbers on your analysis for your rental property, include a property management fee. And 10% is fairly standard. Sometimes yeah. you can get a better deal, but <clears throat> a better deal does not always equal good property management either. But we just say, hey, throw in, throw in uh, your property management fee. And uh, if you decide to self-manage, that's extra gravy for you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I see where people get into trouble is when they, you know, they have a a long-term rental opportunity and they say, okay, so the deal, you know, the the property pencils, if I don't hire a manager and I mean, I've, I've heard that a lot. Oh, well, yeah, it cash flows, it cash flows, uh, as long as I, as long as I self-manage it. And my response 100% of the time is that's dumb. Don't do it. <laughs> if if you're assuming that's pretty the perfect, the perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm just. I guess I'm a jerk. If if you are are when running a rental analysis, which is a whole other topic, uh, you know, <laughs> a whole other topic on the uh, for another Man, episode. Another episode. <laughs> when you're running a rental analysis, if you are not completely if you're putting all the parameters in the best case scenario of like, Oh, well I will self-manage and it's going to have hundred percent occupancy and I'm never going to have to, uh, you know, do, uh, do file an eviction and all these things. You're not going to be cash flow on that thing. You got to be realistic with your expectations uh, because stuff pops up. Right. And so 
you always want to assume, even if you know, like, hey, I am going to be self-managing this. I live down the street from the property. I can, you know, walk over there in my, in my bunny slippers and check on the property. Well, yeah, but are you going to hold it for a couple of years? You might not be living there in a couple of years. You might get a job transfer and move to the other side of the country. You want to be, you know, you want to ensure that your numbers still work, even if you are planning on um, self-managing. Yep. Because if you do that, you're good no matter what you decide to do. And, yeah. you know, whatever your plan is now, <laughs> we, we all know that plans change. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, a few years down the road, you've got, maybe you've achieved some goals and you set some new goals and, and things shift and pivot. Well, your business can shift and pivot with you if you're set up to properly handle whatever comes your way. Yeah. So be smart and have the long-term vision. Yeah. Don't be desperate to just get the property. Make sure that you're doing it right. Yep. So uh, should we just dive into it? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. So one of the biggest pros, and and this is where people get kind of the, the dollar bills in their eyes, you know, they're just looking at it. Um, self-managing, you just say, well, I can make more money if I self-manage. And who doesn't like more money? I like more money. Do you like more money, Ryan? Yep, right here. Well, and, and that's the truth is, is, you know, because you're not paying that, you know, management fee, which averages about 10%, right? You're not paying a 10% management fee. And the, the management fee, to be clear, for those who don't understand, is uh, you know, it's based off of gross rents. So let's yep. say you've got, uh, I don't know, a duplex that's bringing in $1,000 per unit per month. So it's for your gross rents are $2,000 a month. Um, <clears throat> so then the tenants will pay property manager and then the property manager will take a 10% cut of that, meaning $200 off the top. And then, um, you know, the remaining, they will send off to you. So they're kind of like the government in a way they take their money <laughs> before you ever get it. <laughs> they, they get paid first. <clears throat> yeah. So, and so, but uh, you know, a lot of people are like 200 bucks, man. That's a, that's a reasonable car payment. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nothing fancy, but you know, you're going to get your Prius or Corolla rolling down the highway for 200 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you could do that. It, it is a pro, but yeah, we're just, we're just going to lay out the pros and cons and we'll let you decide what makes the most sense for you. So, uh, another thing that, you know, that is good about, uh, you know, self-managing is, is that you, you know, you're more connected to the asset. So things like, uh, you know, quarterly inspections where you come in to, uh, you know, walk through the property, making sure that, uh, the tenants maintaining it in good condition. And, um, you know, one, one little trick with that is, uh, <clears throat> you just let the tenants know from the beginning, Hey, I, you know, I come in and, and, uh, you know, replace the air filters on or the air filter on the HVAC system, uh, you know, twice a year or every quarter, just to make sure that the air conditioning and furnace are running well. Uh, I also, uh, you know, check the batteries on the smoke detectors, make sure that everything's operating correctly for you guys. So there's, there's little things like that, that you can, that you can do as a self-manager that gives you an excuse to walk through the property and see the condition and make sure. Well, and, and even look for areas where, you know, maybe the tenant hasn't reported something that you're like, yeah. Ooh, if I fix that now, it's going to save me money versus if it gets worse, then it's going to cost me a bunch more. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 
So, so that could be a benefit too. Yep. Um, you know, the, this is a big one for a lot of people is that you get to be a hundred percent in control. Um, now that can be a good thing and a bad thing, depending on your, I guess, personality. Are you a little bit of a pushover? Are you maybe sometimes too nice or are you willing to stick to the contract and, and lay out the terms and, and enforce the rules that have been agreed upon by everybody? And, you know, there's even some middle ground in there. So it doesn't have to be like a hard line one way or the other, but you just have to think of, okay, what, what kind of personality am I yeah. when I'm going to go uh, manage this property and how do I interact with other people? Yeah, because it's definitely a people business. Yep. And everyone always has a story. So do you want to be hearing those stories and dealing with those stories? Is your personality type the type that uh, can handle that well in a uh, diplomatic manner <laughs> or not so much? <laughs> so, so Ryan, you say story. I say excuse because probably 80 to 90% of it is an excuse, not a story. Yeah. Well, it's a story but, in their head. Well, <laughs> sure. this is why this happened. Well, that's great. <laughs> Good for you. So it depends. Yeah. Do you want to be told those excuses directly or do you just want to have those excuses relayed to you by your property manager? <laughs> do you want them to run interference for you? Or never even tell you, tell you about them at all and yeah. solve the problem anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, boy, I, we could have a lot of, st of story times on this episode. I'm going to tell you that. Um, yep. <clears throat> another, another benefit is, uh, you know, with, when it comes to, to property management, self, you know, self-managing, a lot of times people think, well, well, shoot, I don't, you know, really know what to do. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do the contracts. I don't know how to, you know, collect payments and things like that. The good news is, is, there are a lot of different property management softwares out there that are, yeah. uh, most of them are fairly reasonably priced. Uh, you know, some of them you just pay a flat fee per month. Some of them you pay per door per month. And it's, you know, if you're paying per door, you're probably about $5 a door a month. Um, if it's a flat fee, if you have a lot of units, you know, maybe you're looking at, you know, 20 bucks or 30 or $40 a month for the, for the software. But that allows you to, um, the good ones allow you to, perform all your background checks to receive applications to actually market the property um, and, and publish out, you know, the photos and the description out to, you know, a variety of different rental sites so that people who are looking for properties see your pr uh, property on the site and they can, you know, click and call you or, or, or submit an application right then and there it allows you to do an online rent collection as well. So that people can, you know, connect their bank account and do, you know, automatic transfer or electronic transfers of the rent every month. Keeps a nice clear paper trail. You can even do uh, service requests or repair requests because, uh, you know, so that way you have a tenant who, hey, the uh, you know, water heater is not working. They can submit that online and it's all tracked. Uh, and so you can, you know, if there's ever a dispute or anything about, well, we requested that this got to this get fixed and you never fixed it. You have a uh, you know an online third-party verified paper trail of well you submitted the request this day we sent out a technician this day right um, so those those property management softwares are are uh, are really good there's a lot of them out there you can you can just Google and, and see one that I personally have used um, in the past it's called Avail A V A I L 
um, and I have enjoyed it. It worked well. Once again, there's lots of different ones. They all have different features. So feel free to, uh, you know, scope out the different ones and see what one kind of meets your fancy. But, uh, but there are some really good, really good options out there if you want to self-manage. Yep. Do your research on that. And another great option, and, and we'll just throw this kind of extra nugget in there, is if you can accept credit card payments for rent, you are more likely to get paid. Because if the money's not in the bank account, you're not getting paid. But a lot of people will just pay it on a credit card. And then when the money comes in, you know, a week or a few days later, they'll pay the, the card. And yeah, but you get paid by doing that. And you have to give up a little bit to the credit card companies. Okay, cool. But you have the money in your bank account and you're not dealing with the headaches. So yeah. you just have to decide what problems you want to deal with. And uh, you get to decide you're 100% in control. Um, another another one that I've seen, when somebody gets really good at managing their own properties, um, they start to recognize how many more opportunities there are out there. And if they're like, yep, I love this, this is my jam, they can go out and start their own property management company and take on additional clients. And so that that yeah. 200 bucks that Ryan, you were talking about, well, now you get to collect that in instead of somebody else. And it doesn't really add a lot to your workload. You've already, um, you've already got all your contacts for your contractors and your handy, uh, handyman services and things like that. Um, so you have all this stuff in place for your own properties, and uh, you know you just basically put those resources to work. And eventually, you can even bring people on staff so that you can consistently respond to requests, which just makes your business all that much better. Now, you got to make sure in your area, in a lot of times, you have to be a licensed realtor to manage and market somebody else's property. So just check your local laws and ordinances and and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's important. Another another thing that is, uh, you know, can vary by jurisdiction is uh, what type of additional training or certification programs are available. Mm-hmm. For example, in Utah, we have uh, something that's called the Good Landlord Program. So if you are going to uh, you know, self-manage your property, it's a, a program, I'm trying to remember, I think it's free. Or it if is there was free. A, yeah, it's, it's free, It's like it? an online course that yeah. you take. I, I, I took it. A long time ago, so I can't remember. <laughs> I took but, it too, but it's uh, you know it's a great little course. Well, actually, even if you're not wanting to, uh, you know, to to self manage, if you're working with a property manager, it's simply good to to understand a little bit. Uh, so programs like that, the Good Landlord Program, uh, certain if your if your state has something like that, I know here in Utah, uh, in in certain cities, they either require it. Or if uh, other cities, if you have graduated, right, you just take the little online course and um, they give you access to additional uh, resources and, uh, you know, tools and things that will help you running your rental. Uh, But they'll actually give you a discount when you're registering for your rental license because they say, um, for example, Ogden does that. I know that they they give you a discount because, oh, you took the time to go through and, you know, this little course and, and learn how to be a good landlord how to do things right and fair and honest. So they give you a discount. So that that's another uh, good little tidbit is, you know, look and see if you're not sure you just, you know, call around or look around online and see where, where you're having your rentals. Is there a good landlord program available? And if so, how do you, how do you get involved with it? Yep. 
Um, so let's talk about some cons of self-managing. Uh, you know, the first one and the, the easiest one is you have to be in the area. If you're going to yeah. self-manage something, you got to be in that area. And yeah. that's really hard if you want to, for example, go on a vacation. Yeah. What happens if some one of your tenants has a big problem and you're not around to handle it easily? Yeah, that's... Yeah, you got to be local. Also, you know, if if you're in a situation where you have an eviction that you have to do, you have Ooh. to do. In most cases, unless you already have those relationships, you know, with eviction attorneys, um, a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people who self manage try to do the eviction themselves. And here's, I think the reason why is because they're they're trying to be frugal, just like they're trying to be frugal and say, I want to save some money on my management, they say, well, I'm going to save money on the eviction. I'm going to do it myself. I'm not going to hire an attorney to do the eviction. And then it ends up not working. <laughs> you end up losing more time. The tenant squats in your property, especially if they're a professional tenant, they will take advantage of the situation. And you're not because you don't understand the disclosure laws, notification laws, and all those things that must be followed as far as entering into the property, giving the, uh, you know, the pay or vacate notice, um, every state is different, but there's there's all these regulations as far as how much notice must be given, where it must be published, uh, you know, must be placed on the door. Um, I mean, or or via you know certified mail. There's all every every place has different rules. You got to understand those laws, otherwise, even if somebody, especially in a tenant friendly states, Utah is a landlord friendly state, uh, and still there's a lot of rules. But if you are investing in a tenant-friendly state and you don't get that exactly right down to the day, uh, your tenant can go, you know, you take them to, to court to get them evicted, the judge will throw it out. The judge, even, even if you say, well, my tenant's been here for three months and hasn't paid rent, the judge will say, you didn't follow this ordinance, you didn't follow the notifications, dismissed. You have to and follow And then you it. get to start all over again. Yes. And that means you have somebody living for free in your property that does the happy dance. And you're looking at them in court saying, I want to punch you in the face because <laughs> you are gaming the system and stealing money from me. But hey, you try to save a few, you know, you try to save a few dollars can cost you a lot more in the end if you don't understand. So, yeah, yep. just just be aware that, uh, you know, you you you've heard everybody has that horror story of. Yeah. A tenant or investing in real estate or being a landlord. Um, if you haven't had that yet, give it time. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're, if you have enough properties, if you've been in the business long enough and you're, you've been a landlord long enough, you're going to have a problem tenant. Oh, yeah. like it's, it's just a reality of the business. And so factor yep. that in. Um, and, and I guess that's on to the next con is, Self-managing, it just takes more of your time. Yeah. Um, depending on the tenant, you might have a really good tenant that uh, just doesn't have any issues. You might have a really bad tenant that just doesn't tell you about any issues. Um, or you might just have that problem tenant that wants everything to be just perfect and is calling you constantly. And you yeah. have to handle those. You, you don't necessarily have to fix everything that they want fixed, but you do have to spend the time handling the tenant. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that can be, yeah, that can be challenging. Um, and sometimes, you know, you think they're one thing and then they turn out to be something completely different. So <laughs> that could be, that could be an issue. Another con would be, and, and funny enough, this is also a pro, but it's a con is you're more connected to the asset, right? If you're more connected to the asset, maybe you don't want to be, maybe you don't want to be dealing with, um, you know, I mean, maybe you do, maybe you like being hands-on, but for example, we had a property story time. Can't get away without one of these. This is, this is a good one where I don't think I've shared this one on the podcast yet. Got, uh, so just imagine if I were self-managing this property, this with this property, we were, um, it was professionally managed. Got a call from, um, the, the, the uh, manager. Hey, Ryan, um, did you see the photos I just sent you? No, no, I haven't. Let me, let me pull those up. Oh my goodness. What is this? Yeah. Um, in the, uh, the basement of the fourplex, there's uh, two feet of sewage yeah. in the basement. Blech. Excuse me. <laughs> Come again. <laughs> two inches. No, two feet. <laughs> what? 24 inches. It's- Two feet of sewage filling the basement. Um, wow. My response, that's disgusting. <laughs> Take care of it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what happened. Eventually, I did find out it was a uh, one of the... So this is a really older neighborhood. And the way that the, all the sewer lines were run was really weird because the houses were so old. And... Anyways, there was a backup. Uh, one of the houses, one of the neighboring houses had a blockage. And so basically, you know, you talk about the weakest link in a chain. This, our property had, um, you know, one of the, had a, a Y fitting, basically like the clean out, you know, where you have like the plug on the sewer line that you can pull the, the plug out and then you could get, uh, you know, a, equipment in there to clean out the drain line. The cap that was on the drain line uh, was old or broken or weakened. And so the pressure that built up of all of the neighbor's house's sewage, the weakest link was the cap in our sewer line in our basement. And so when the cap popped, that's why there was two feet. It wasn't just our tenants poop. It was the whole neighborhoods. <laughs> and that was, that's uh, disgusting, Ryan. <laughs> it was, well, I'm, I'm just trying to, I mean, this stuff's real guys. <laughs> There is no way I would have wanted to deal with that myself. I'm done changing diapers. (laughs) My kids are out of diapers. I don't want to go back to that. And that is, um, that's a good example of like, those are the types of situations where, and so he had, you know, a manager, he had people that, that could handle those types of situations. He got it cleaned up, got it sterilized, got it rectified, uh, the problem solved, but boy, it's an interesting choice of words. Rectified. Yes. <laughs> Got it rectified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, a problem like that is, that is an, a prime example of why you, um, you would need to be available 24 seven. And to me, I don't want to get a call at two o'clock in the morning that a sewer line backed up and there's two feet of standing sewage sitting in my basement of one of my rental properties. That's well, disgusting. Well, and do you know why, uh, you know, actually how they knew that it had happened? 
the reason the tenant called or you know text or whatever uh contacted the manager and said um hey our our water heater stopped working we're not getting any hot water and so he thought oh you know i bet the pilot light went out or something so he went over to the property to uh to to reignite the uh the water heater for him because the the basement uh, in this property the basement to the tenants did not have access to it it was it was behind a locked door because there was just mechanical equipment down there and some storage and so when when the manager arrived to you know to relight the pilot on the uh, on the water heater oh did he find a surprise <laughs> surprise yeah. That's that's not my idea of a fun surprise. No. So, no. all right. I think we beat this to death, right? Yes. So the pros and cons of self-managing, um, you know, just choose your own adventure. Yes. <laughs> and uh, but let's let's talk about property managers. You know, what are some of the cons of having a property manager? Well, the biggest one is you know it's more expensive. You're going to have that management fee month in and month out. And, you know, a pro tip is really when you are vetting and looking at different property managers, get a full readout, a full listing of their fee schedule because they're not the same. In my former, in my former life, um, as a film producer, I actually, I'm not going to say their name (laughs) because of what I'm going to say next. Uh, there are some very, very large uh, national chains, property, you know, property management chains. And we actually had, I think they might be the biggest. Uh, if not, they're one of the biggest uh, property management chains that was a client of ours. And so we actually uh, produced a bunch of content for them, uh, training and, and such content. And uh, it was really interesting, even though I wasn't involved in real estate at the time, it was interesting to hear because we filmed and produced all these videos where they were training their people how to upsell and upcharge their, uh, their owners, property owners for like everything. And, um, so the fees are not the same. (laughs) Every different one is, you know, every different property management company, whether it's a little local outfit or a franchise or part of a national chain, um, you're going to have, you're going to have different fee schedules. Some of them charge, you know, tenant fees and some of them charge to replace the locks and replacement fees, um, <clears throat> you know, vacancy fees. There's the list goes on. And so you want to make sure you understand and understand what are their fees, not just their monthly management fee, but what are all the ancillary fees that they're going to charge? And once again, you can negotiate those. You can negotiate them. Yep. You want to be aware negotiable. so that you can do apples to apples comparisons. Yeah. Another huge one, a lot of people say, well, if I just hire a property manager, I, I'm going to be scot-free. Like, I don't have to worry about all the tenant laws and discrimination lawsuits and all that kind of stuff. Nope, that is not true at all. If your property manager in your behalf discriminates against a tenant, you can still be held liable. You could be part of a lawsuit that you didn't oh. even realize was an issue. So you want to make sure that your property manager has good systems in place for for handling like vetting of tenants and that kind of stuff because you're still on the hook. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and another you know the important consideration is when you think of you know oh the property manager well they work for me they're on my you know they're in my corner <laughs> they're they're on my side. Uh, they have fiduciary duties to you and to your tenant. 
So they're kind of playing both teams at the same time. They want to they want to make everybody play nice together in the sandbox. So obviously they want to keep you happy as the owner, but they've also got to keep the tenants happy too. And so they while they are there to serve your interests, you got to realize they're also representing and serving the interest of the tenant too. So it's kind of you might think that's a conflict of interest. I, I guess it isn't, but it, it's interesting. It is, a, it is a conflict of interest. Let's let's just be real about it. And but it's the reality is they're the they're in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, I have a contract with my property manager, and they also have a contract with the tenants, right? Yes. The property manager and the tenants have a contract. The tenants don't have a contract with me. Correct. Right. That's the lease. So basically. The, the property manager contracts with me to be able to lease the property to somebody else. And uh, honestly, in, in my experience, property managers are more tenant-focused than landlord-focused. Hmm. I, I don't know if you've seen that same thing. They want to keep their landlords happy and, and what they negotiated, but at the end of the day, they have to keep their tenants happy if they want to keep making money. Because in a lot of cases, landlords aren't getting paid if the rent isn't getting paid. And if you have a landlord that's going to charge you when there's no tenant, find a different land, or property manager, not a landlord, yeah. property yeah. manager. Because there, and I'm glad you brought that up because there are property managers who will say, oh yeah, we charge a, you know, a, a $50 a month or $20 a month, a vacancy fee. It's like, wait, hold on. So <laughs> if you do a poor job at the only thing that you're supposed to do which is keep this property in good condition and keep a tenant in here that's paying on a monthly on a monthly basis. I still have to pay you money because you suck at your job? No. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to find another <laughs> another property manager. You do not want to do that. Which which kind of leads into our next point, which is it's really important that you vet uh, your property manager and find a good one. If yep. you know, if if luckily when when we got started with rentals because of you know the community of, of real estate investors that we're involved with, it was as simple as asking around, hey, who are you using? You know, who's your manager? Who's your manager? Who's your manager? Do you like them? And I got you know several recommendations from from different buddies in the group that was like, okay, these are, you know, sound like good people. Made a few phone calls. I interviewed, just like you would interview a realtor or interview, you know, anybody else that, that's on your team and on your real estate investing team. Interviewed them and found uh, you know, found one that I thought. Okay, this guy's the guy. He's he's sharp. He's got it. I like his style, and uh, you know, start working with him. So you got to vet him. Yep. And your vetting doesn't stop once you hire somebody. Yeah. It's it's a continual vetting process. Like you have to continually manage your property manager. So that's what I'm saying. Th this whole idea of 100% passive income, you can't just hire a property manager and set it and forget it and hope that everything's going to work out well. No, uh, you know, it's possible that it might work out well, but uh, that's not what I'm going to bank on. No. Be involved in your business. Treat your uh, rental properties as a business and they'll pay you like a business. Absolutely. You know, we didn't hit is we didn't hit the pros of oh. property manager. So let's not alienate all our property managers out there because <laughs> there are definite pros. There, there are a ton of pros and, and we'll just put this out there. I hire property managers because I don't want to deal with that stuff. Like you probably already heard Ryan talk about, I've talked about it. We have property managers. So we're not, we're not railing on property managers. You just have to understand there are 
downsides of property management and, you know, choose which you would rather have. Yeah. So I um, actually also, so also self-manage too. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on the property. Well, that's true. So, so I, I do do managers and I self-manage. Um, so there's not always a clear answer as to what's the best for you. That's why it's important to understand the pros and cons so you can figure out what makes the most sense. So pro, some of the pros on property management, uh, the, your property manager, if they're good, they'll have knowledge of the current <laughs> laws, right? Of and, laws and, and if regulations. they don't know, fire them. Yes. Because <laughs> you're going to get yourself in a lawsuit. Yeah, because there are, you know, laws are always changing. And so, you, you, you know, you have somebody who is, is into that. They're up to date on what the laws and regulations are so that you can actually, um, you know, make sure that you're protected from any, any issues that may arise. Yeah. And, and a property manager, honestly, is how you get a more passive investment out of your rental properties because you don't have to take the two o'clock in the morning phone call for the sewage backup. The property manager takes that instead because they have staffing available 24 seven to handle issues. Which to be devil's to play devil's advocate on that. I don't know how often that type of situation really pops up. Because most people are like, I know that people talk about that, like get that, you know, the, the toilet's clogged at two in the morning. I don't know about you, but like if I clogged the toilet at two in the morning, I'd be like, well, that sucks. And I'd go back to bed. <laughs> like, I'll if be it, there at eight in the morning. <laughs> no, no. But like, I'm saying me personally, like if, if you were the tenant, if I were the tenant and I'm like, oh man, my toilet's clogged. Uh, oh, well, I guess I'll go back to bed now. Like I wouldn't start like calling people or calling a plumber or calling my manager. I would say, I'm going to resolve this in the morning. I'm tired. And so I, I don't uh, like, I, as far as with self-managing, I've never had any nighttime issues and I've never been aware of any uh, from our manager, from any issues that have popped up at odd hours. I think most people, they wait until, because they realize like, if I try to call somebody, they're going to be sleeping right now. Right. It, it, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. But it just, it depends on your tenant. That's true. Um, yeah. So, you know, we talked about, are you kind of too nice of a person sometimes? Yeah. If that's you, uh, a property manager might be for you because they can be more strict and holding to the laws because those stories people tell you, you're going to tend to, you know, have that soft heart and want to help them out. But you're also running a business, not a charity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless you're running a charity it, with your rental properties, then by all means, go for it. Yeah. And, and man, I know, sorry, I know this episode is running a little longer than usual, but <laughs> I, this is just, there's so many important points here. You know, we, there's the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, whether you are self-managing or working with a property manager. Um, and that's one of the things that on, on one of our properties in working with the manager, we had, um, how can I say this? There were high risk tenants. So we specifically uh, filled the building with high risk tenants, people who had had prior uh, evictions, people who uh, really couldn't qualify anywhere else to uh, because they didn't have the the income requirement or they had uh, you know felony uh, they just got out of prison uh, I mean, we're talking folks that 
basically couldn't find anywhere else to stay, we opened our doors for them so that they had a place to stay. Now, because of that, we were very strict. Going back to being strict, I mean, we required, rather than the normal, you know, uh, security deposit, I don't remember the exact amount, but whatever the normal deposit was on that on that unit, uh, we charged like double or even triple the security deposit. And that was uh, for a reason, because we wanted to ensure that if there was an issue, not only would we have enough money to cover paying the attorney to evict them, but we'd also come out ahead. And um, so there... At the same time, there were some tenants that we had in that building where, yeah, I mean, they would be late and, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not, this came up, this came up, we're not going to get paid. We're, you know, we're not going to get our, 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 our paycheck until this day. So we can't get you paid until that day. So our manager would just call me and say, hey, this is the story they're telling me. What do you want to do? And I would say, well, do you believe them? <laughs> and some of them he'd say, nope, I don't. Okay, let's evict. And some of you'd say, yeah, yeah, they're, um, you know, I do believe them. And so we'd give them some leniency and, uh, you know, and then they would, they would get us paid and taken care of. So it's, it's kind of, you kind of have to play it on a case by case basis, whether you are personally doing it yeah. or even if you have a manager. And, and I'm not, I'm not advocating to be that like super strict, um, uh, unfeeling landlord. Like that's not what I'm advocating for, but, uh, it, it's that case where it's, you know, do you believe them? That story that you're going to yeah. get told you know, some of them are going to be true and some of them they're going to be not so true or just embellished. I mean, yeah. you just have to, you have to exercise a little bit of judgment and be like, okay, uh, how much leniency am I willing to give in this, in this specific case? Yeah. And, and every, it's not a one size fits all answer. Mm-mm. So. And that, and that's where having that, that really good manager comes in of being able to have a sounding board and say, look, you know, this is my threshold. I'll give them this many days. And if they don't come up with it, you know, post the pay or vacate and let's get them out of there because well, and, and it's, it's your business. It's they're They are taking food off of your table because they're not paying rent. So there is a kind of a balance between being Scrooge McDuck and in being like mother Teresa, like there's a balance in there <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Those are quite wide ranges in the spectrum there. But this is why a property manager can be very helpful because exactly like you talked about, it's you ask that question, well, do you believe their story? Yeah. Because property managers see everything. (sighs) Oh, yeah. They they have been in the business a long time. They have an eye for what we call, quote unquote, professional tenants. Now, what does that mean? It's somebody who knows uh, the loopholes and knows how to kind of wiggle around and they're basically trying to get free stuff, whether that means they're going to take your appliances and run off with them, or they're just trying to get free rent. Like these people we consider to be professional tenants that basically get paid to be tenants because they're stealing free rent. Well, and so this, this, I've got a nugget for you guys, and this may be one of the, if not the most important thing that we tell on today's podcast, if you are considering self-managing, or even if you have a property manager. States, um, eviction registries do not report across state lines. So if you have a professional tenant, and I am speaking from experience here, we have had professional tenants. In fact, we had a professional tenant 
that we just collected, um, that we evicted like three years ago. And I just got a check from the attorney because they filed a judgment against these guys. And so I just made like 500 bucks off this judgment that I just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we evicted them three years ago. <laughs> but the important thing is, is the eviction, if somebody's evicted in another state, so if they're kind of, you know, moving around and playing their game in different areas, and then you run a background check, uh, you run background checks on them within the state, they will not, you'll not see any eviction records. They'll look clean. And so you must, if you want to truly protect yourself, you got to run a 50 state eviction, eviction, uh, check. Now, is it going to cost a little more money? Yes. It's up to you whether you choose to do it. Speaking from my <laughs> experience, it's worth its weight in gold because um, it, if you don't check, if it, and there's, there's systems you know, that, that will do that for you that will run an eviction check in all 50 states because they could have, you know, if the, oh, we just moved here. Oh, cool. And then you look and see, and they've been evicted over the last five years in three different states. Uh, that'll be a hard pass. <laughs> yeah. There's another place. You know, I think my buddy Levi has this really nice rail property on the street. In fact, um, I think you should rent with him, <laughs> not from me. And my property manager will say no because they run that, that oh, 50 state it. eviction. Yeah. So that's so, so important. But background checks in general, you know, criminal check and, uh, you know, credit verification and all that stuff. But the eviction, the 50 state eviction is something that less experienced investors uh, or less experienced property managers miss. And man, that is, that can really bite you if you miss it. Yeah. And I mean, that, that goes into screening and vetting of tenants because, you know, one negative thing, a lot like you've said, maybe they have bad credit uh, due to any number of things, medical, mm -hmm. anything like that. But um, it's the whole picture. Right. So the property managers, they get really good at understanding the whole picture and making recommendations based on the whole picture. And so they, they know how to, to screen out the, the tenants that are going to be more problematic. So, yeah, they can read between the lines, as it were. Right. <laughs> they can. And, and another important thing is in, in tenant screening is employment verification. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, they say they work at this place. Really? And you might be like, well, that feels weird that I am calling to verify employment. No, it's very simple. Make the phone call. <laughs> I'm yep. a landlord and I'm calling to verify employment for a rental application for this individual. Right? It's, it's quite simple because if they're lying about basic stuff like that, once again, that'll be a hard pass. <laughs> what else are they lying about? <laughs> yeah. Um. Another good benefit with working with the uh, property managers is they have, uh, you know, typically they'll have a lot of contractor and handyman resources. So, you know, if it's, it's something that's, you know, a minor little issue, something that needs to be repaired, they can take care of it. Usually uh, within the contract, any, any uh, repair or, or need that, that is, uh, you know, $100 or less or $150 or less or $200 or less, you kind of, you set that threshold. They don't even tell. They won't even tell you. They have pre-authorization, right? So it's yep. like, oh, well, the, uh, uh, the 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 faucet on the sink in the bathroom is leaking, and it needs a new seal, or it just needs to be replaced because it's damaged. You're what fifty bucks for the faucet at Home Depot, and then 
maybe another 50 bucks for the plumber to install it. So 100 bucks, they're not even going to tell you. They're just going to go do it because, yeah, it needs to be fixed. Let's just get it fixed. Um, so having access to, to all those things and being able to address those needs quickly and not hassle you for every little detail, you'll see it on your monthly statement afterwards. Oh, okay, it looks like there was a charge here. Uh, unit number five, repair faucet, uh, bathroom faucet. All right, whatever. It's part of doing business. Yep. And, and a lot with that, if you're not available, they have people available to take yeah. care of this stuff for you. So if there's an issue that comes up, it just gets handled. You don't yeah. have to do anything about it. Whether you whether it's because it's below a threshold and you said, don't bother me with that, or you're just you know out on vacation in Hawaii enjoying time with your family and something comes up that they just handle and take care of and you get to just keep that time and, and yeah. enjoy that time with your family. Absolutely. Which, which, yeah, definitely. If you want to keep real estate, you know, passive real estate investing rentals as more of a side hustle versus, you know, your main thing, working with a manager, you know, relaxing on the beach or hiking through the mountains, whatever it is that you're into, it makes it a lot easier, a lot easier to, to get that. And, and even if you've got that day job that, you know, you can't take a phone call in the middle of the day. Mm. have somebody else that's going to take that phone call for you. Yeah. Yep. So, and it's, and it's nice if there is a situation where you have to do an eviction, um, you know, the property managers, they have experience with that. They know the rules, the laws, <laughs> just, they have contacts with the attorneys. Bit. Yeah. They know what needs to be done. And that's actually a good question. You know, when you interview your, um, your property manager or property managers to, to try to find the right one for you, is ask him, you know, how long have you been? So here's a quick few quick bonuses. How long have you been managing? How many units do you have under management? Because if they have too many, they're going to do a poor job. If they don't have enough, why do you only have that many? Um, are you personally invested in real estate? Do you personally own rentals, right? What is your vacancy rate? on the units that you that are under your management what is your eviction rate of the units you have under management what is your average um lease term or what is your renewal rate for uh for for the tenants you know for the properties you have under management and uh that's a good start of of some questions to be able to vet in addition to what is your full fee schedule um right all that good stuff to be able to see, is this somebody who is going to be a good option for me and my property? Well, and, and a few other questions, you know, do you take pictures during your walkthroughs? Yeah. You want that. Um, do you, how often do you do walkthroughs? Um, what is your screening process for, yes. for tenants? What does your application process look like? Right. So you're, you're just trying to understand the process to make sure that they are going to serve your interests as well. Let's say hypothetically, the basement were filled with two feet of sewage. <laughs> How would you handle that situation? <laughs> Just kidding. Don't ask him that question. <laughs> I, I actually think it would be a hilarious question to ask. Do it. Uh, no. So, all right. So that that's a ton of content. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully that helped you make your decision on, on what you want to do. Maybe you're self-managing or maybe you have a property manager and that changed yeah. your opinion on what you want to do. Yeah. It's all good. 
because you get to decide what works for you. Exactly. So yeah, we, uh, I guess the today's episode, this is probably our longest or one of our longest episodes. There are so many little nuggets and pieces of information. I want we're, to make we're sure we're good that to we, keep going four more hours. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's rock and roll. So we, <laughs> no. we, uh, congratulate you for sticking it out with us on this longer episode and, uh, you know, make those rental properties, make them shine, make them perform and, um, and do, do whatever makes the most sense for you so that you can make the money. Like, you know, Levi said, he prefers property managers. Um, I've done both. There's, and, uh, depending on the situation, the property and the circumstances. So figure out what, what makes the most sense for you. And, um, and once again, happy birthday to us. Happy so birthday to us. Make those, make those posts and, um, you know, championhustle.com is the place you can find links for all of uh, the show on all the different platforms. And next week. Ooh, next week. Oh, next it's, week. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited <laughs> for this. Incredible. One. Very, very unique. You know, we talk about business mindset, real estate. And next week we are going to talk about how to rock your business without destroying your marriage or your relationship with your significant other. And we're gonna have a special guest, a very uh, special person come on and take us through that process who has a lot of experience in this area, working with uh, executives, business professionals, entrepreneurs, and uh, your eyes are going to be opened and you're going to learn a lot. So we are super excited. It's going to be good. Super excited. We'll see you next week with him for that episode. And until then, take care. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. I'm a bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs>